Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Wow, buddy! You look healthy and happy. Veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. That's why he developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Hmm. Maybe I should try some of your pet food myself. Okay, okay. I'll start with a salad. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition. Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Crime World is brought to you in association with Manscaped, who provide an incredible, complete men's grooming experience. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools and is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for Crime World listeners, 20% off and free shipping with the code CRIMEWORLD at manscaped.com. There was only a small group of people left in Dublin City that Daniel Keenan and his organisation could trust. They did understand that it was an unsustainable level of violence and they wanted, I think, a couple of trophy kills to bring the feud to an end, to go back to business as normal. If Patsy Hutchins is killed, the feud ends. This was the thing that they wanted. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. It was planned as the Kinnahan Mafia's trophy kill, with only the most trusted circle of lieutenants of mob bosses Daniel Kinnahan and Thomas Bomber Kavanagh privy to the plans. But in an incredible turn of events, the 2017 plot to assassinate Hutch target James Mago Gately at his Newry apartment became the undoing of the most powerful crime gang in Ireland. Last week, criminal Douglas Glynn became the fifth man convicted in relation to the foiled plot to kill. And today, I'm talking to Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald about the seminal moment in the state's fight against the powerful Kinnahan mob. This is Crime World Extra, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Twenty sixteen had certainly been the bloodiest year of the feud, and by April twenty seventeen, I suppose it's safe to say that uh, the Kinnahan mob were looking for a, a trophy kill. You know, they had obviously been attacked in the Regency Hotel where David Byrne was murdered. They had retaliated with the killings of Eddie Hutch Senior, Noel Duggan, Martin O'Rourke, Michael Barr, Gareth Hutch, David Douglas, Trevor O'Neill, and Noel Duck Egg Kerwin. Others had escaped assassination attempts, but really they were desperate for a head on a plate. And James Mago Gately and Patsy Hutch were the two main targets. So they had, um, after the the initial wave of killings following the Regency Hotel, um, the Keenan organisation had obviously taken out a number of people, but there had been a sense that their prime targets had escaped uh, their clutches 
And the two people that they repeatedly focused on were James Mago Gately and Patsy Hutch, who they poured endless resources uh, into into targeting them. Um, they were the, the the number one target. We've heard in court that um, that the the Keenan organised crime group um, had a particular focus on James Mago Gately, and he'd been obviously subject, obviously been shot almost uh, miraculously uh, escaping with his life despite being shot at very close range in North Dublin in a, in a, in a service station um, probably only survived because he was wearing a, a, a bulletproof vest but uh, Michael Gately had, had, had left Dublin on an almost permanent basis though he was moving in and out of it in and out of the city but the Keenan uh, organised crime group become aware of an address he was staying in in, in north of Ireland and that was uh, the focus of this plot. So what's emerged really over the last few years in these court cases that have ensued um, is really that the paranoia levels of the Kinahan mob at that point were at their height. The guards were uh, getting a handle on the crime group. They were being targeted by all the forces of the state, by the Criminal Assets Bureau and the Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau were very active against them. But this seems to be this April of 2017 planned hit on on Gately seems to have been the coming together of the senior lieutenants. It appears that nobody, none of these foot soldiers that we've spoken about before, these hired, you know, drug addicts, People who owed debts and and various people who could be bought for for any any of these hits, they were sort of excluded from this. And it seems that it was the tight inner circle. Now, last week, Douglas Glynn, who has never been named before as a member of the Kinahan organisation, um, he pleaded guilty to his role in this attempted murder, and. He, at that time, was a really significant figure, wasn't he? Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the, there'd been a certain amount of maybe low-hanging fruit that had been picked off in, in the early days of the feud. You'd also had some of the, the other core gang members that had been forced to flee the country after coming under police attention. Or also, obviously, there was, there was the threat of reprisals from the Hutch gang as well had led to some people uh, leaving the country. So what was left at, at this point um, was there was only a small group of people left in Dublin City that Daniel Keenan and his organisation could trust um, who, who, who they who and they were aware then at this point that the, the level of surveillance from the Gardaí and from the rivals in that part of the city was increasing. And so the circle got narrower and narrower and Douglas Glynn was one of the last uh, people left that, that the Keenan organisation had that implicit trust built up over many, many years. Um, and again, you know, although they're always described as being the one organisation, the Burn Organised Crime Group, you know, uh, operated effectively as a, a separate franchise um, within the, the group, but they had come together, um, you know, in a kind of a cell structure of a very small group of top-level people. And as we saw in, in the case of Patsy Hutch, ultimately they were um, hiring people, uh, you know, to, to, to carry out operations. But there was a small crew and there was a, that, that kind of cell structure mentality where only a small number of people deal with the top and they nobody else knows what's going on. 
So Gately was identified as living in Newry and like the people who were involved in this, hands-on involved, were not people who before would have taken that sort of hands-on role. They would always have stu- stood back a, bit, a little bit and let others take the, the high risks that uh, these assassination attempts are very, very risky kind of crimes. Yeah, they are. But, you know, it's interesting um, that uh, although they did, they were... So, you know, you see Douglas Glynn and and Patter Keating who's previously been convicted of, of a similar offence regarding... And just the, remind us who he is exactly. Well, Patter Keating um, would have been uh, from West Dublin. Um, he was... A, a very much a lieutenant of Thomas Bomber Kavanagh. Again, like like Glynn, he would have not been in and out of the papers every week. He wasn't one of the young Frat Freddy guys putting up stuff on Bebo over the years. Very much, you know, in in one sense underground. But they were really the the, the top level operatives in in these organised crime groups. And Patrick Keating, similarly to Glynn, came before uh, the courts, the, the special criminal court, on you know these new charges as as we've always described. Like I'll, I'll even just read out what what mm. Glynn has been done for. I mean, it's not a it's just a complicated series of words in a way, but he's pled guilty to participating in the activities of a criminal organisation, and um, the the specifics of the charge are that he had knowledge of a criminal organisation and with the intent of enhancing the ability of the said criminalised or- organisation uh, to commit a serious offence, namely the murder of James Gately. So although these guys, um, you know, have now come before the courts, have now been convicted, um, in Patter Keating's case, um, he he is serving a long period sentence in prison and Douglas Glynn will come before the courts for sentencing. But, you know, they, their, their charges really involve the logistics around it. The placing of a tracker device... Um, to the 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 surveillance of Michael Gately, and really, if you think back on it, Nicola, like there's very few people that have uh, been convicted of those sort of crimes before this 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 new wave of of charges that have come before the special criminal court. So you know they were they were intimately involved in the actual operation, but they were still holding one step back in terms of, you know, um, they obviously weren't uh, carrying out any shootings or anything like that. So maybe they felt, because people who carry out those crimes in the past have not become before the courts, that they had enough distance. But they were certainly, um, they certainly don't, that that seems to have changed now with these new laws that were totally ignored um, before and have now... uh, now are coming before the, mm-hmm. the, the criminal courts. And, like, I suppose we can't ignore the fact that they did this, or they planned this as well, because of the pressure coming from on high. And there's no doubt, but they, the Kinnahan organisation were absolutely very hungry to, 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 to kill a key target. A lot of the victims and not to to take from their their deaths and the uh, importance of each one of these murders, but a lot of them would be would have been seen as not the actual key targets that they wanted to get. There had been within that list that I read out at the beginning, two of those people were actually um, completely innocent and had nothing to do with organised crime. They were shot by mistake. Absolutely, and if you remember, um, there was around this time, I think there was two things going on that. That they 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 did understand the the, the broader Keenan organised crime group 
that it was an unsustainable level of violence and they wanted, I think, a couple of trophy kills to bring the feud to an end, to go back to business as normal. Um, obviously, the, 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 there was graffiti going up, if you remember, mm. around this time. If, if, if Patsy Hutch is, is killed, the feud ends. So they were putting out this this kind of this this was the thing that they wanted. They wanted to this narrative really this narrative that mm. they and they wanted to uh, be the winners. I suppose you know, sick as that may seem, that if they get these couple of targets, that'll be the end of it. Yeah, and so, they could move on and be back to business then. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know that they could make some sort of peace deal, uh, if for want of a better word. But you know, Michael Gately proved certainly proved elusive and, and, and hard to get. Well, now, the, that April, um, Imre Arrakis enters the, the, um, the stage and he is known as an international hitman. I mean, he's such an unusual character. Like, he is known and was known as an international hitman at that point. He was living down in Spain. He was part of a, um, a big Eastern European criminal grouping. And he was a hitman for hire. There was a suggestion during his court case that he actually owed 100000 or he was to be paid that. And it was kind of to write off some debt he had. Yeah, I mean, I remember him, him being arrested and, uh, you know, the word on the street, all of a sudden a guy nicknamed the Butcher, I think it was being said, uh, some Eastern European guy in his 50s that looks like James Bond has been arrested after being flown over by the, the Keenan organisation to carry out a murder. It just sounded uh, like it sounded uh, too bizarre to be true, you know? Um, but he... Yeah, sometimes you'd be telling these stories yeah. and you just know everyone is going, oh my God, what, are, yeah, what sounds, is she talking about? Yeah, yeah, it sounds... <laughs> Dreams, reality. Yeah. So, I mean, he, like... Arrakis obviously um, was was part of a one of these uh, Balkan groups based in the Balkans areas who are heavily involved in, in in drug smuggling throughout Europe. Probably one of probably really amongst the most the most uh, serious and uh, successful uh, cartels. Um, he's an interesting character and has you know. Um, he was a celebrity criminal in, in his own right, in his, in his, his own, own like Facebook site and Facebook he'd done interviews and, and interviews and pose for pictures. And he'd been involved in, in uh, you know, in, in he'd been in, in prison in his in his native land and all of that. So um, but he obviously seems to have hooked up with with the with the Kinnans in 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 Spain, where a lot of a lot of the Balkans criminals also migrated at that point and it was hard to come over. Um, but yeah, it was, it was this, I think that at that point there was a recognition that, that the, the guys on the ground um, that had been doing the dirty work for years were now, you know, very much under the, the guards, you know, what they mm. were doing. Um, there were, some of them weren't, weren't available. And so they took this extreme s- step of flying over uh, basically a, a Bond villain. <laughs> now, what they didn't realise, and I suppose they underestimated the um, international cooperation at that point between the guards and their their um, international partners. And um, they thought that Arrakis was going to be able to land in Dublin airport. He actually had with him some fishing gear and a rucksack and that he was going to blend in and be able to make his way into the city centre. They had... I think Douglas Glynn's role was that he had placed a tracking device at this point on Mago Gately's car in Newry and was caught on CCTV later 
would be evidence would be would be placed before the courts in relation to that. But Arrakis landed in Dublin Airport, collected his bag of the um, the uh, the plane, and walked out and hopped on a bus into the city centre. But at this point, the guards had been tipped off who he was, and that he was here to do something. I don't know whether they actually had details at that point. They knew he was here to 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 attempt some hits on the Kinahan targets, the Hutch crew, and uh, he was followed. And um, an undercover officer got on the bus with him, made his way into town and watched him as he walked up around the north inner city. He took a little look at Patsy Hutch's house. He went up around the corner there where Gareth Hutch had been killed the previous year and he viewed that area. And um, then he went and bought himself a wig and a couple of other little items in, in a shop and was picked up by... A man later identified as Stephen Fowler and brought out to Blakestown Cottages where he was going to have a sleep before he got up for his mission to kill to to head to Newry the following day. But, and we do have to recognise that the timing is just so skilled for officers to make their move and, and their arrest. And in this case, it was just down to a fine art. Absolutely. And if you think of the, the prosecutions and arrests that have flown from um, from that operation, you know, it's had an incredibly uh, negative impact on the ability of the of the the cartel to operate in Dublin, the amount of people that have, you know, ended up before the courts subsequently. Um Arrakis also had um he also had a, a an encrypted phone sent with him. Um in which he was communicating directly uh, with people uh, at the very top of the the, the Kinnan organised crime group, um, and but the guards certainly uh, they were one step ahead in this case. Where you might say at the start of the feud that the guards seemed to be two steps behind behind them as they operated. At this point, um, through intelligence, through sur- modern surveillance, and um, just through putting resources in it, they were way, way ahead. They allowed the plot to unfold to an extent that they could uh, amass these convictions and arrests, um, but never, nobody was ever in danger, really, of being killed mm. because they knew where he was at all times. And they let him sleep the night, as far as I can recall, in Blakestown Cottages, and they waited until the following morning, and clearly for these knowing that there was communication going on. Um, <clears throat> we'd hear in court later that there were screenshots taken from his encrypted phone before it deleted. It was found on a couch beside him. There had been a, a bed laid out in the sitting room for him and he had just woken up that morning when the guards burst in and um, <clears throat> they picked up the encrypted phone, which, of course, these things can delete and, you know, anything is just gone, gone from them. There's no way of of um, getting back the messages. But uh, one of the officers photographed the phone and they were able to then use those messages that there were there were four usernames on it. One was Ow New Knife, Bon4 and Bon New. And um, my understanding is that they believe, the guards believe that Knife was a name used by Sean McGovern, who was in Dubai at this point with Kinahan. And Bon was a handle that previously had been used by Daniel Kinahan himself. So the belief is that this communication was coming directly from Dubai. And it was instructions about Gately. It was a photograph of him taken from Google. And um, it was Arrakis basically 
giving his opinion before he went up to Newry that he was going to be able to take him out as he came out of the apartment block. He was going to be able to, um, you know, you know, he was he was describing the gun uh, yeah, and how he was going to shoot him basically as he came out the door. Yeah, you see, um, obviously now in at this stage in 2021, the encrypted phones have proven, and everybody knows, have proven to be the undoing of many of the, the, the criminals across the world. But this is the first time, um, obviously, at this point, they were operating completely in the belief that they were untouchable on these encrypted devices. Um, they were obviously texting, uh, making calls, organising plots, and really felt that they were absolutely untouchable. Mm. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a stroke of quick thinking, I think, from from a, from a an officer, guard officer, to take screenshots of these of these messages that have really given a, a great insight into into how these things were done and planned and and put into operation. So now, Imre Arrakis, I think the arrest of him, shockwaves were felt across Europe. He was also wanted in Lithuania um, for a murder there of a partner of a, a celebrity singer, actually. But um, that would would have to wait. He was taken into custody here in Ireland and he was jailed by the Special Criminal Court for six years in December 2018. He admitted to conspiring uh, with others to murder Gately between April 3rd and 4th of 2017. Um, and he will be extradited to Lithuania to face those further murder charges when he finishes his, his sentence here. But um, obviously Stephen Fowler whose house he was staying in, he was um, <clears throat> he was jailed as well for providing logistical support to the plot to murder Gately. But the big, big prizes for the Gardaí, I think, were Pader Keating and Douglas Glynn, who, was, who pleaded last week and will be sentenced um, over the coming months. So, I mean, this was a seminal moment. It was the turning point where, where the guards really started winning, making big wins against the Kinahan organization. And I'm sure, um, you know, in Dubai, it was, uh, there's no doubt, but it had to have been a worrying time that there could have been evidence there that would later be used against even more senior members of the, the group. Absolutely. And you see um, Douglas Glynn um, from the, the North Inner City, where at this at this point in time, it was really the last, stronghold of 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 the the core Kinnan organized crime group which was around the Hardwick Street area and um, they these people had grown up together people um like Ross Browning who's who's currently in 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 facing a legal battle with the Criminal Assets Bureau and um, people like Gary Finnegan who's a, a long-term associate of of Daniel and um, so the they had controlled this this area of the North Inner City. It was it was a, a, a place where they felt comfortable. They knew everybody what was going on. There was a franchise area of of you know where they 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 you know their associates sold drugs in that area, and that was really uh, kind of a last stronghold. Mm. And this operation and and including the, the, the ultimate conviction of, of Douglas Glynn really, um, again, weakened the, the, the ability of them to control parts of Dublin. And similarly with Keating, who, who was, you know, over and back to Thomas Bomber Cavanaugh over in Birmingham, he, he controlled a, 
a, a crew in the west of Dublin that had been a very lucrative uh, drug dealing operation um, that was controlled directly by Thomas Bomber Kavanagh. And these were two people that were trusted, low-key, uh, inte- intelligent people that had the ability to, 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 to plan and to, to function as, as, as normal, you know, within a society. And <clears throat> it was a huge blow. I suppose, really, for those who don't know Dublin, that Hardwick Street area was, I mean, they were breathing down one another's necks. That's what has always been described. This feud was so, so violent and vicious because they were all living on top of one another. It was one gang who fell out. And Hardwick Street is really only a stone's throw from the north inner city, which is the Hutch stronghold. Um, and they'd have had both sides, which which they emerged as, would have had... Uh, associates in the areas, but I think it has always been claimed that the Kinnahan money flooded into the Hardwick Street area and there was a lot of young people there who were being paid retainers to work as spotters and informants. Absolutely, and you see, um, uh, obviously, you know, Gary Hutch, uh, who was whose murder, I suppose, sparked it, the, the, really sparked the, the outbreak of violence in the, in the feud, he would have grown up with with uh, people in that area, in the Hardwick Street, he would have been part of an associate of Ross Browning as teenagers. But um, as as things split, uh, that that area, I think, stayed Keenan loyal, where other parts of the North Inner City were very much Hutch family areas. Um, so it was a huge, uh, it was a huge blow. And it, you know, the, 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 the grip that Daniel Keenan had on, on Dublin's underworld has been gradually eroded to the point, to, to the point in which, it, you know, for people like that to operate, they need really people that they trust, people that they believe that they aren't feared, they're informers or they're, they're, they're disloyal. And uh, as that grip has weakened, you, you have seen the impact on that on, on, the, on the criminal underworld. And finally, I suppose, even though this plot came undone, Imre Arrakis's arrest in Dublin was a huge embarrassment to the Kinahan organisation internationally. Um, it just shows, really, there's been descriptions of this being like a cancer or like a weed that, you know, you cannot take your eye off it or it continues to grow. I mean, for me, the fact that a month later there was another attempt on Gately's life um, he survived being shot that time five times as he sat in his car at the, the Topaz petrol station on the Clonshock Road. And um, in February of this year, Caelan Smith, who's a 30-year-old from, from County Meath at an address in County Meath, was sentenced to 20 years at the Special Criminal Court for, for that attempted murder. Smith would not have been in our circle. He would have been uh, a hired help, as we call them. Um, and, you know, he was obviously their last port of call, having, you know, having missed this opportunity in Newry. Um, incredibly, Gately continues to uh, sometimes come back to Dublin and... Uh, yeah, he's... he's Wander he, around. Yeah, yeah. well, he's been, um, obviously, we've seen a, a huge number of the, the, the alleged Hutch gang members coming before the courts now as well. But uh, Michael Gately has survived... Both the police and the uh, and his rivals, and uh, of course we had a picture of him enjoying a coffee in 
Dublin during the summer looking as if he hasn't a care in the world as we said the ultimate cat with nine lives Uh, Niall Donald thank you very much thank you very much Nicola You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Crime World is brought to you in association with Manscaped, who provide an incredible, complete men's grooming experience. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools and is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for Crime World listeners, 20% off and free shipping with the code CRIMEWORLD at manscaped.com. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume the Sunday world if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday world responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.